Hustle is Real podcast is back for a new episode. You right, babes? Yes, yes, yes. And Hustle is really real this evening. <laughs> it is. Why is it really real this evening? <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> so we really hope everybody's everybody's doing well. It's been a it's been a tough year um, all round, really. So um, so yes, we come to you from uh, from London, but we have some very 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 special guests. In Ello's uh, Ello's sister and uh, and brother-in-law Uoma and Martin, say hi, guys. Hi. Hi. Good evening. Hey, how are you doing? We're good. Good. How are you doing? Yeah, we're good. We're good. Ello's nervous as ever. We were on the tenth episode of our podcast. I really don't know why she's nervous. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, this is a this is a really. Uh, Im- I mean, all the episodes we've recorded have meant, you know, quite a bit. And we didn't know when we started, twenty twenty, did we? We started off like, oh, we went to see that movie and we went to that party and life was good, and we didn't know that twenty twenty was going to be this year. So this is a really uh, important episode uh, for me um, and. Um, Ewoma and Martins, thank you very much. So Ewoma and Martins are on the phone at the moment, uh, connected to a laptop all the way from Lagos in Nigeria. And um, do you want to talk about where we started with the Black Lives Matter and how that started, babe? Yeah, uh, so so in June, was it in back in June now? Yeah. Um, uh, the George Floyd, um, George Floyd's murder and, and the Black Lives Matter... Uh, movement kind of starting again really and I think we did episode six and we invited Eric on Eric was um Eric's from Marilyn I think in in America and um Eric came on and gave his you know his views and his experiences as a, as a black man in America and just gave his his perspective on the stuff that was going on there and I think that really kind of kicked off something for us on the podcast I know definitely for Elo Elo did um, a video that she shared, a very brave video, I think, that she shared with with everyone in her Nigerian family, really about you know that we are one, you know that, that we are all George Floyd. You want to talk about yeah what that yeah. meant for you because that really that really went deep for you, and I don't think we we globally appreciated what the sentiment of what you were saying, but I think now it means a yeah. lot more. Yeah, yeah, and you know we're gonna sort of bring it back to to why we have Ewoma Martins um, on today. Because at the time uh, when George Floyd passed, I remember um, having a few conversations uh, with a few Nigerians who sort of thought that what's all the fuss about that as uh, black, you know, African-Americans, they need to sort of get on with it and kind of man up and get themselves an education and deal with it. And I remember being so furious with that view and I did the video which said that I don't care whether you're in Nigeria or in in or an African-American or in the Caribbean, we're all George Floyd. So that means symbolically we all have, uh, whether it is um, colonial institutions or systemic racism, whatever it is, we all have 
that knee on our necks and we're all crying out for breath and we're all crying out for our mothers. Um, and I did that video and lo and behold, we see what has happened in Nigeria or what is happening in Nigeria. Um, and at the time with the protests all arose in, in, in America, they spread around the world. We did not see a lot of protests in Africa in general, whether all the way from uh, um, Sub-Saharan, I'm talking Sub-Saharan Africa, we didn't see a lot of protests, but now with NSARS and what's happened in Nigeria, specifically at the Lekki Gate, the massacre that took place uh, last week, um, Iwoma and Martins are on the uh, uh, on this episode because they are young people. I will refer to you guys as young people, even though they're married with their, with young children. They are young people, so we're keen to connect the dots. I think yeah. is the word. So, what is the link between uh, what happened in in America in in terms of Black Lives and and NSARS? What's the link? Um, but also, more importantly, just hear from them as to where it started and and where we are, are now, uh, you know, so that we can then stitch it all together. So I guess um, maybe question for you, Martins, uh, to start off with, how did this all start in, I'm talking about NSARS, where did it start? What's the genesis? Uh, thank you. The, it's a very, very, uh, It's a long. It's been long coming, actually. So, um, to really find the that point where we flipped. So, this particular movement that uh, most people are seeing now that we are celebrating and trying to make this peaceful protest everywhere answers. But uh, I think the trigger was somewhere in Delta State, Ugeli, where a guy was pushed off out of a moving vehicle. His vehicle, a Lexus, was driven away. Uh, and there was a videographer that was behind them. So it did a video, James Bond kind of video, and it went viral. So it was just like, uh, you know, it sets uh, uh, fire to something that is already uh, burning. Yeah. Yeah. So I think... So, so, so Martins, Martins, let me ask you a question, because this is... I'm going to ask you lots of questions, because I'm... I'm not, obviously, I'm not Nigerian, and we're asking for our listeners who are in America, who are in the UK, who are in the Caribbean. So, 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 so the guy that was pushed, what, who, who, what was the scenario? Who, who did it and, and why? And, okay, um, uh, okay, from what we have that we've gathered, um, he was the young guy, he, he, and the way, okay, let me give you a picture of how the police works here. Yeah. So you, you're, you're a young guy, you have tattoos, you have dreadlocks, you you have uh, tight-fitting jeans, you drive uh, a, a nice car, you uh, you look like you're 30 and below or maybe 20, and you are living well, so you are already a target. You're targeted, okay. Yeah, so, so anything that makes you look Western in this part of the world, where the policeman himself is not even okay. Okay, now okay, good, good, good. The average policeman in Nigeria, a sergeant, yeah. is on uh, I think two thousand pounds per annum. How much? He has an output. Yes, two thousand pounds on the average per annum, with four children or five children. 
so he's not a very happy man so so he goes out with an assault rifle a, uh, assault rifle yeah ak-47 he has so much power he's angry he's corrupt quote-unquote not all of them are i have a lot of police friends we're still going to get to that so this particular guy fits the description of quote-unquote the bad guys the young guys are not completely good i would be fair because i don't support fraud so uh, what the police will just do naturally is try to pick on, pick on anybody that looks like that and um, give him immediate justice. Sometimes some people are killed when there's nobody saying it. Uh, sometimes they just do a lot of things, more than the things you actually see during this movement. The stories that are coming up are just a tip of the iceberg. It's been bad and even worse for a lot of people. So this particular guy was picked up, was pushed off. It's very cool. The backstory, because you need to actually be careful about the things you pick up online also. Yeah. So the stories there and there, you can't really tell which is, in this day of uh, social media, you can't really tell which one is really, yeah. really, really valid. But from the little we've gathered, yeah, they eat him with the butt of the gun, so he passed out. So whether they panicked, whether they thought he's dead, they pushed him out of a moving vehicle. He fell down. So people saw him, which was the normal thing that police would do in such places. They saw the guy, so there was a lot of, you know, uh, noise. So this particular guy that did the video was driving behind them. He made that video. And that was the that was the, the, the lights the trigger. that sent everybody here. Yeah, that was the trigger that sent everybody down the hill and uh, it's 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 as what we're saying now. So I think that was that was that was just one of it. So a lot of stories started coming up, the ones that we know and the ones that we yeah, emotional about we had because we had stories and you can't actually have someone who does not have a family or a friend that has been affected by, by so everyone knows somebody who's been affected by police brutality let's just call it that yes okay so that triggered the protest i remember babe we went for a candlelit protest um at trafalgar square and I remember we actually read out the names of a number of young people who had died. And I look back to that now. So this was before the Lekki massacre. And at the time, NSAS had already awoken a enough is enough um, uh, message. Remember, there was a whole thing about Sorosuki, speak up. Everyone started yeah. to speak up. And then you, you had a similar thing that happened with Black Lives Matter, where a number of celebrities started to speak up as well. So what impact did that have um, in generating interest in this issue? Uh, for anyone in the world, uh, irrespective of your skin color, when you see a 40-year-old 40 screaming for mama, it's not funny. Yeah. Whether you're white, whether you're black, whether you're Asian, wherever you, wherever you are. So it was not, uh, it wasn't a very good. Uh, it was, it was, it was, it was caught on, on camera. So, I think that was just a global movement, and uh, it pushed everyone. And because it's something that is easily available for, it was available for everyone to see. Uh, you know, you cry with him, feel for him. Then some other injustices, like I use that word, that happens with lots of people in America, started coming up. We saw everything, and people got uh, 
encouraged. I think that's the word. Seeing everyone supporting them. It's a long story from the days of MLK, Martin Luther King. You know, it was coming, it was creeping in. So you get to that crescendo that you just get tired. Mm. And another life. So George Floyd was just sitting on a heap of a lot of names and the ones that did not make it to the camera. So Black Lives uh, Matter, the movement was not, uh, it's no longer a Black uh, Black Lives Matter thing, if I can use that word. It's not a case of injustice to one, it's injustice to all. Right. For, for, for Floyd, it was just, you know, there's this thing about saying the Black man and the Black man. I just You can't explain it, you feel it. They are part of it. So it was really, really uh, a trigger also for us. We've seen it. If it can happen over there, it's happened here too. Let's just say something. Yeah. And so I guess, Ewoma, just to bring you in a, a little bit. So one of the things before Lekki now, so before because we, I just want to make a distinction between how it all kicked off and NSAS kicked off before Lekki happened. What do you think galvanized so many young people onto the streets. And when I say just galvanized, there was the whole, um, I remember the candlelit thing, um, I think it was on the Friday where everyone was at the toll gates uh, singing, people were giving out food, water, people were charging their phones using the solar panel. It was just amazing to see the level of organization behind the protest and the number of young people who came out uh, to protest peacefully. What do you think galvanized that in Nigeria specifically? I would say it is the need for liberation. So this group of people have been oppressed for a long time. And if you, you know, looking through social media, I'm sure you would have seen the reference to the phone pressing generation has been able to ensure they are fed, have ambulances and medical support, have legal support for those arrested by the police and just generally clean up after themselves as a protest ground. So these crop of young people have been oppressed over time. Like Martin said when he was speaking, they have there's a stereotype by the police against these young people. So if you're 30 and below, you look young, you look sharp. If you're a man, you have dreadlocks or you have tattoo or you, you carry an iPhone. So now this is not even limited to those that are just driving. Even if you're walking down the street and you walk by the SARS or the police, they can just look at you and, you know, pull you up. Come here, bring your phone, open it. What's in? Let's go to your bank um, statements. How much is in your account? So it's just this whole feeling of being oppressed. Right. And if you so much as say... But why do you want to look at my phone? You're going to get beat up and you're going to get dragged to the police station, thrown behind bars. If you can't get someone to bail you out, you'll be there. Depending on the status of either your family or your parents in society, you can get locked up for years for doing nothing, for literally just walking down the streets. So it's, it's, it's built up over time to say, 
why are we being oppressed? So as it stands, and this this generated into the the bigger picture of the movement, which was answers. We don't want these guys killing us. And really, all those names you said you were mentioned the Trafalgar Square. If you take a look, ninety percent of those names are twenty six years and below. Right. So these are literally the youth of the society. So you have Colady Johnson, a, a, a boarding football star killed by SARS. You have Anita, a young graduate just back from studies in the UK, killed by SARS. And this is just for looking, in quote, well-fed for no other reason. And we are saying, why are you killing us? Why are you killing us? So what is it? If it's medical supplies, we can have that arranged. So with all the cooperation around, again, this phone, in quote, phone pressing generation, a lot you can do with technology. You can connect easily and then have supplies readily available for you or for whoever at literally the snap of a finger so what so, so what galvanized what galvanized what actually started it so the guy got pushed out of the moving vehicle in ugeli that went yes. viral but who yeah. what started it what was it the thing that got everyone so mobilized or is that a difficult was it number of things was it just because covid mm. there was lockdown what was it so it, it was a number of things, I would say. It was a number of things. It was a case of, am I going to be next? Because like I, say, like I said, it's, it's the young people. So you have people in their early 30s, in their 20s. You just walk by a policeman and you are a target. So, and nobody wants to be pushed out of the car or hit with the butt of a gun. So can you just stop? these people and it, it got worse because apart from being pushed out of the car is a case of open up your phone let's see your balance and if you have an account balance of maybe a hundred thousand you see these sales guys take you to an atm machine and get you to withdraw money and these guys are armed so you are you are really under duress and you have to withdraw the cash and give it to them. So, and if you don't have the money, there is this chance that you're going to be shot and killed or you're going to be pushed out of the car. So don't push us out of the cars or out of moving vehicles. Don't shoot us. Don't kill us. It started as that. And a, a, a case of end this part of the police force because it has become a menace in the society. That's how it started. But it moved from there because a lot of people, you know, there was also an outcry. Like Martin said, you know, if you have a policeman earning $2,000 per annum, you ask yourself in reality, how is he going to feed? But guess what? You are paying him $2,000 per annum and you have given him a gun. So he's going to hunt. And where is he going to hunt? He's going to hunt in the society. And who is he going to hunt? It's the young people. Hmm. And because there's the stereotype of every young person is a Yahoo boy. 
So let me explain what a Yahoo boy is, because again, that's a typical um, Nigerian term. So that's um, young people that commit fraud. Cyber crime. Cyber fraud. Cyber crime. Cyber fraud. Hmm. So because of that, the police sees every person as a Yahoo boy. But we are not all Yahoo boys and girls. Some of us actually are either media, graphic designers, media agents, or we we are programmers. Well, you're just regular, you're regular people. You cannot tell. We're just regular like, people. Yeah. yeah so yeah. that I have a laptop does not mean I'm committing cyber crime. So how were you and Martin's involved in the protests? Okay, let, should I answer that? Or no, no, yeah, let's go, yeah, let Martin's go. Right. Okay. Uh, okay, that's a very... Okay, for... the campaign as um, uh, safe as I can. I think that's the right word to use. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but things are getting draconian around, and uh, we're seeing some very funny things going on. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And if you don't want to... Thing. If you don't want to answer the question, then... Don't don't answer it. No, everyone, everyone has the. I'll, I'll say a few things. So we, we, we at least you lend your voice. You encourage people. Um, you are careful not to use your bank account because you will be picked up or your account will be blocked. Um, but offline and uh, places where you can't be traced, you do as much as you can because the the thing is. Like she was saying, and rightly so, we uh, we got tired before the young uh, social media influencers got up. The thirty-year-olds, the twenty-six-year-olds, uh, twenty-seven got up. Faust is 20, uh, thirty. Quite a number of them are called daughter is thirty. Before they got up and started making so much noise that we need to get something going. Some of us have had one way or the other, encouraging and working behind the scenes and it has been effective but not as effective as this generation that is already dead because you actually cannot kill a dead man they're down they're out they have nowhere to go to so when you say they're already them, dead down and out yeah. what do you mean this is not just about police brutality okay um the the, the fabric of the nigerian society is uh is, is Deep. We have quite a lot of intelligence people. Uh, Paystack, for instance, was acquired by uh, Stripe for yes. $200 million. Uh, apart from that, we have quite a number of Nigerian people on Fiverr. We have so much. You can do so much, but uh, you just get blocked. It was until recently uh, that we could use PayPal and a host of other things. You travel with the Nigerian passport, you are in trouble. I was in Ghana. I was trying to go for a meeting. Because I have some visas on my passport, I was nearly embarrassed. I was in the UAE. I had to start, you know, I had to speak up and show that I don't have anything to hide. Quite a lot. Of course, if you, if you move and you look young and you look uh, okay, quote unquote, you are profiled. Now, for the Nigerian back home now, it gets worse. You go to school, if you are intelligent, that's for your own pocket. You need to know someone to be able to get jobs. You need to, it's just the like the regular bad thing, anything bad that you can put. When you get to Nigeria, just uh, ask something, poopery, and make it like a uh, hundred times worse. <laughs> and I mean it. Yeah, yeah, and I mean it. You, 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 you get to pay in, in the 
in the ministries, uh, government jobs you get to pay to get employed. I know of a brother that had to leave, a very promising, intelligent brother had to leave because there's so much nepotism that you need to be from a particular tribe to be promoted or to be. So the, the whole system, it's not just NSAS in itself. So NSAS was just like, I have been pushed to the wall. I'm already gone. And when I say gone, I'm gone. I have nothing, nothing. I can't, it's not easy. Every 200 million people cannot leave this country and go to other places in the world. Even uh, uh, if we go to the Caribbean, they'll push us out immediately. London cannot take us. The US cannot take 90 million. Even Canada cannot take us. So which means some people need to stay back and make this thing work. So for those of us that are lucky to move, like you, you can't take all your family. We are still here. So the old system is like made to just work against you. You are intelligent. You go to school. To get to school is another thing. We have about 2 million people uh, trying to get into the university every year, you get like 600 uh, to get to the university. You don't have good education. The education system is a disaster. So for a few people that get to, now, for the education system, you don't, you don't, uh, are you me? Yes, yes, we're here, we're listening. Hello? Hello, yes, we can hear you. Okay, good, good. For the education system, what you give in to the students is what they use. So if you see anybody that is excelling anywhere there in the world, that's an extra that person has done. The system is warped. The system is 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 is, is, a, is much more painful. So these children know that they don't have anywhere to go to. So it's more of like, well, I'm in the middle of the blue seas. I just have to make sure. Yeah, I think it was Faust that gave an example, and he said that you know at the end of the day you have police brutality, but if the police don't kill you. You can and you can you know bribe your way out of the police or whatever it is you could be driving along the road have an accident and there's no health care and it's quite important to get people outside of nigeria because when i explain this to my friends it's very hard to visualize that we don't have a healthcare system we don't have any education there are no roads there's no running water there's no electricity that comes out everyone's got a generator um and you know it's so so therefore by the time you compile all of this like you said you almost become what is the point you know you okay. you, you can't get a job uh without knowing somebody who works there um so so since you can't get a job you can't you haven't got a health system you you barely got yourself an education where do you go nowhere okay do you mind if i say something right there yes go on no it is not all Dead, dead, dead. As in, gloomy. We've just found a way to start, you know, smiling. Like Fela would say in his song, suffering and smiling. So we found a way to, like, okay, we're not in war-torn places like maybe Syria or the terrible place in Iraq or uh, uh, various hard regimes like Iran or wherever. But we just want a, a society that is working, a system that is working. Hmm. You don't have light, uh, electricity, we can find a way around it. Uh, the government is not providing jobs, the uh, other uh, private sectors are doing. We can be fine if we are allowed to. We just want to live. We just want to be alive. I think that was what pushed this generation. Yes. And rightly so. They just got tired of everything. No good work. As in, really, education is work. It is actually deeper than what you're saying. The answer is just the surface. When you break down through the rank and file and you see what people go through and how they manage to survive 
how they are they surviving their subsistence just really be where the poverty capital of the whole world with the kind of human uh, capital that we have the kind of resources that we have it's deep so i think the people at the top they know that this is going beyond just answers it's a it's a it's a movement this new this, this children like they call us I don't know if I fit into that category anymore, but that these children, like they call them, they call us, are not afraid anymore. And the last thing you want to do, like in the French Revolution, then after everything, it was I think the bread tax or economic hardship that flipped the whole thing and everything turned around. And that's why we have what we have today. When the French Revolution happened, every other person, you know, it just is a wave and it kept going. Yeah. Yesterday, Zimbabwe uh, passed a law to stop protests. This little thing that you've seen from George Floyd to answers is moving. Things are changing. Yeah, yeah. There, there is. There is. I think this is the one of the most amazing things about 2020. And I, you know, I've, we've spoken about this before. I can still remember Greta Thunberg. Bless her. Bless her heart. Uh, and she started again with the young people. And here in the UK, they, they all left school. I think it was a Friday and they all were on the road and everybody was like poo-pooing them and saying they wanted a day off school. And they were protesting against climate change and the fact that we need to fix the climate. But they were so determined, uh, all those young people, and they came out and, and they made sure that they heard their voices. And the whole thing about young people standing up for the next generation and the future of the planet is something I will never ever forget. Twenty twenty four. I think that's the that's what to me sums twenty twenty is about young people uh, taking charge of their future. Um, so we've talked a little bit about the background to NSARS and and all of that. But for me, um, and I guess I will speak from it from my perspective because I know you're on ground and I know it's still quite a sensitive thing to discuss. So. Um, the Lekki massacre, and I'm going to call it the Lekki, the Lekki massacre because that is what it was. And um, for the benefit of everyone that's listening, obviously we had the build up to NSARS and the protests. But what happened on the 20th of October, um, 2020, uh, to me was the most painful thing. I mean, I've witnessed. You know, I live in England, I'm in Nigeria, and so I'm not on ground and feeling it as difficult as the young people are. So I put my hands up. But however, I'm still in Nigeria and I still feel uh, a level of trauma as to what's going on in my home country. Uh, but what I witnessed on that Tuesday night, I was sat working and I'd seen the protesters. They, they, they announced the curfew, so we'd heard that. The protesters said they were going to stay. Uh, and I heard the announcements to sit down and wave the flag and sing the national anthem. And then the next thing we heard them shooting. And, you know, as they were shooting these young people, children, as we would say, um, you know, and it was a massacre. That was traumatic. I remember didn't sleep. I don't think most Nigerians slept that night. Um, but I think the worst thing was waking up the next day to the denials. Um, and there was no massacre who died. And even on some of the WhatsApp groups, I should do another video because it pissed me off so much. People saying, where are the bodies? There are no bodies. There are no mothers crying for their children. It's all a lie. Um, so I don't want to necessarily ask you specific questions because I know on your own ground and, you know, it's all a little bit heated at the moment. But I guess I can ask a more general question uh, to... Uh, both of you, I don't know who wants to answer the question. 
why what is it that in our um government let us just say or, or places of authority why do they think they can just get away with anything why is it that you know whether it is the palliatives that have been stored away from people why do people think they can get away with anything okay um i don't think you are very you're, you're ready for this answer but i'll tell you the way it is i will say a little about the massacre from the videos we've seen online uh before the live video there were some videos that came out and i'll say something a little about the formation of the military while approaching there was one video that was i think taken from uh the hotel about the seventh or eighth floor now yes. the formation of the army was arrow formation i don't know maybe i read too much i studied history in school so i read too much you have the military yeah it's like there's the way it was it was the cordon in showed that they knew what they were doing so it was not an accident uh whether you shoot blanks whether you shoot into the uh into the sky and came down killed someone people died you cannot uh, take that away um so uh, for the word massacre maybe because i read too much also i'll say it's uh it's not massacre but you killed a number of people massacre might pass the message to make people understand no no so, no uh, so this one i would they say massacre means is a random killing indiscriminate killing of people it doesn't have to be a hundred people indiscriminate even if it's two people that died it's still a massacre it's the way okay. in which you kill them not how many okay okay i would uh I'll leave that and I'll take because, that. And, and the, reason, the reason for this is that some annoying people, again, oh, it's not a massacre. It's like, can you please shut up? For every life that we exactly. lost, exactly. it's painful. Yes. Not again. So it's, it's a case of not again. Yes. So now let me go directly to the question of why do they feel they can get away with it? Okay. Uh, I was discussing with my, my wife or sister and I said, it's about time that we start policing the police. Let us start from there. When I say policing the police, that you know that we should put checks and balances in place that however you do your thing, whatever it is you do, you won't get away with it. Now, the system is so, the corruption is so endemic that you have a judge who has every exhibit to push, as in to, to give uh, judgment yeah. and, and you still tell you that white is black uh, no black is green so when the, the the people know that they can get I'm, I'm i'm starting from the justice system that even if you get all the evidence you get all the things you need to do to show that they can't get away with it they have to get away with it because they have these people in their pockets mm -hmm. so even though we know what to do like you can see with all the video angles and everything they still refuse to say people died then when you cannot refute any longer, when some, uh, you know, start seeing some videos are coming out and saying, okay, at least uh, they start saying things. I mean, I mean, things like we show, if you shoot up in the air, I mean, that, that one you just said, Martins, that was like, what? So you're saying you shoot up in the air, so they're assuming that, oh, we shot up in the air, the bullet came down and killed somebody. The bullet you shot up in the air went up 100 meters and then came down. And, I mean, that is just ridiculous. <laughs> Only in Whatever. Nigeria. Whatever the explanation they try to give, wrong oh. is wrong. But in this particular case, might is right. This right. is Nigeria. Might so is right. even if you have the 
the the video you have mm. people come out that's if they won't silence you if you come out and say a lot of things they will get rid of you so when the justice uh the system itself is not ready to give you what is yours that's why a lot of people get angry and they don't want to even take it up except there's so much noise we have amnesty international people like you from outside the shores and you know make so much noise that okay okay if there's going to be sanctions around there they will now act a little because people don't even go justice for police brutality we have people five years down the line that have been awarded uh, compensation. They are not getting it. Uh, okay, you win. You have a good lawyer. You have support. There's so much noise. You're on CNN. You're on BBC. Okay, okay. Please, for for, for just let them have it. Even at that. So basically, might is might is right. Basically, so it's not always not this. Right. Not forget about the truth. It's like forget that. It's like might is might is right. Dude. However, like, for this new generation, if I have the platform to talk to them there are ways that we can work this thing out uh nigeria is such a big mass for those that don't know how big nigeria is some people need to just actually we're not just the most populous black nation on earth the land mass in it so uh, luckily for me i've been to almost uh, at least north south east and west in the country and i've been i've gone around and i know how massive this country is so when you're trying to say one thing here before you get to the other place it's just get you know diluted watered down you don't actually pass the message across but we can start in our own little corner now uh we have 774 local governments it's going to be difficult because of the religious lines the ethnic uh, divisions and uh, a lot of things from from those that are supporting feminism to lgbt to what have you there's so much to break us but we can start from our little corner so how do we get around yes this? Oh, you want to say something yes yeah, so i was gonna go actually so we we talked about how do they think we're gonna get away with and the answer is you know basically might is right i was just gonna crack a joke a little bit of a joke because tash is looking very intense um so, <laughs> so what famous Answer, Tash, please. Yes. Relax. 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 This, is, this is comedy. You don't want to see the horror. It's just, this is Nigeria. This is how we're living. You do. If I send you some videos, you won't sleep for how many days? 21 days. No, don't sleep. Don't send those. Don't I've, seen, I've seen too much this last two weeks. Don't be traumatized. So, just relax. So I want to ask you a question just, just for a little bit of laughter. Fasha Launko, what was that about when he was... <laughs> <laughs> So we have to tell we have to tell Tash the story. We have to tell Tash the story. So so who wants okay. to tell the story? <laughs> okay, okay. How do I put it now? Ah, who can I what's this uh, is Jeremy Corbyn? Who has James Bond now? No, I'm trying to do the one that she, okay, James Bond. Okay, okay. This guy is this guy was a poster child for any, everything good. Oh, this man, before they were telling me I'm a youth now, because 25 year old is regarded as a youth anyway in this country. So this was it was the it, it was the good news. Yeah. So he, he was a governor. Uh, well, he was a governor of Lagos. Yes, he was the governor of Lagos State uh, for for two terms, eight years. He did quote unquote wonders, but the problem is you you are doing what you are supposed to do. That's why we elected you. But because it's been so bad. That you give us water when I start shouting, you are the next thing after God. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, 
He just did his, he just did his job or in doing his just job he was it. amazing. Okay. So so yes, fast and forward he did, he did a website for almost how much? Eighty six million era, a website for maybe how much is that in pounds? So so you know I don't want to go into it, I'm not interested, but he came to give us a comic relief and it was a disaster. So let no, me let me let me set the scene for Tash. Let me say so this guy is a good guy in Nigeria. Uh, he was a governor before, quote and unquote, even though he was just doing his job. And then we had the Lekki massacre, right? Mm. So, which happened last week, Tuesday, mm. right? So, last week, Tuesday. And it was day before yesterday. Today is Friday. So, on Wednesday, wasn't it? He showed up, right? He mm. showed up. And you're going to keep talking because I'm actually going to stand up and demonstrate. So, he showed up on Lekki. <laughs> so keep talking, keep talking. And he... So, as he came, he has his hands behind him, bent, looking pensive. Sorry, before, before, before we continue to how he was moving, um, and Tash, I want you to just bear in mind that the cleanup agency for the government has yeah. gone around Lagos to and clean up everything, you know, the looting, all the carnage, damage, everything has been cleaned up, so everywhere was clean. Tell her that the forensic, <laughs> forensic department came and cleared everything. No and more then, evidence. Then he then came. Back to Fashola. He then Fashola came and he kept moving like that. Like his bond. Like he went. And he saw a camera. And like, wow. And someone uh, you know, behind the scene was shouting, wow. Wow, wow, like London ambulance. Wow, wow, so wow. And found he evidence. Yeah. The governor, yes, he found the governor of the state turned up a week later governor. on the site that had been cleaned up mm. and found a camera that was placed right there in a public place and he found the camera after he pranced around pretending, looking like a, like a peacock. It was planted. <laughs> the camera was planted there. Yeah, yeah. And well, it was. was it but was it was a like, joke. are you? It was. It was. It was that. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, was that? It, yeah, like you said, comic relief. Is that like you yeah. can't make it up? No, it was. It was. And I don't know how they sleep actually. So, um, I think let me just say this. You know, from from your last question to um, Inspector. Sherlock Fashola Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the unfortunate thing is that they don't realize that they are out of touch with the reality of the world as it is, when we say technology-wise. So that camera, even that camera, that he, the so-called camera that he found, most people have not used that camera in what seven, ten years. <laughs> so nobody uses that kind of thing anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but you see, yeah. to them, that is a yeah. typical device that would have been used to events at the yeah. Lekito Gate. Yeah. But I think I but, think for me, the, for me is that you know, and in, you know, it just goes. I hopefully all of these memories need to get implanted in your brain for you to realize how stupid and dumb and thick and i don't know how mad it is the leaders that that you have because if fashola is one of the good guys and he actually turned up pranced around the place and found the camera and something told him that he could do that and that seems sensible and that he would get away with it 
then there, there's something the matter with him and he's a good guy so you can imagine yeah. the other ones what what they're trying to do to get away with so you know it was really quite crazy so just moving on now so Ewoma, i have a question for you so i have uh, for the benefit of our listeners i have another sister and she's in the us and erezi as we know was very active when it came to black lives matter in the us at the time yes. what was your thinking Ewoma, when you were speaking to erezi were you like feeling the whole black lives matter movement or were you like ah is those people over there that are complaining we will have our own problems here. What was your own thoughts? So, I I spoke to Erezi during the time, and she at the time she she was having a whole lot of um, will I say trauma uh, trauma. She was she was going through a lot of trauma with the whole Black Lives Matter um, thing, and we talked. So we're talking every day. And I told her at a point that I understand she's traumatized, but I just don't understand how and why. So we, we talked about it a bit, and I explained to her, my time in the UK, I didn't particularly experience racism as it is, or as, as it is um, spelt out. I didn't experience it. And when we were talking, she said, yes, that there is white privilege. And then there is also what is referred to as African privilege. So she told me, same with her, for the short while she was in the UK, she didn't quite experience it. But getting to the US, her first experience with the police, her African privilege came to bear. And she was, you know, talking to the police all in quote cocky, like, okay, what have I done? You stopped me. What do you want? But by her second experience with the police, it had changed because she was afraid that she could get shot in her room. So it was in her house. And she was afraid that she could literally get shot in her house and nothing will be done. We, we talked about it, and then during the protest, Black Lives Matter protest, the trauma she was going through, and I, I sympathize because, of course, I have friends that have experienced racism, and then I can relate, albeit theoretically, to the Black Lives Matter movement. But it was very different with NSARS. So when NSARS started, three, four days into the heat of it, I had that same conversation with her and I said, you know what, what you experienced with the Black Lives Matter movement, now I understand it. Because I now see how a group of people are oppressed for whatever reason, color, in this, in this um, instance, age, uh, demographic, whatever religion, as the case may be, and you are crying out to say, just leave me be. And the powers, in quotes, the powers that be are saying, no, we're not going to leave you. We're going to trample on you until there is nothing left of you. Yeah, so so is Tasha here. So, you know what, I'm, I'm listening to you. I'm taking it all in. I know I'm really quiet, but I'm taking it all in. And it's, 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 
the last bit that you said about how you was trying to understand from your sister why is this affecting you? How is this affecting you? And you didn't get that until what's happening recently. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. So Wow. I'm I'm still yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, when during the Black Lives Matter movement, so I I connected, but like I said, I connected theoretically. I spoke to my other two sisters, which is of course Elo and Keno, severally during the Black Lives Matter movement. And I remember one of the conversations where we're talking about how George Floyd was crying out for his mama. And my sister said he was crying out for Africa. Africa is his mama. But you know what? His mama cannot answer because she's lying down, incapacitated, being constantly raped Mm. by her own people. Mm. So mama cannot come to the aid of the black people around the world because mama is being raped by okay pillaged yes yes yeah and you know a woman that is that is that is the nuts and bolts of exactly the conversation you've just summed it up so so I i can't use the word beautifully but you know you summed it up so so basically um I, I'm thinking back to what you said about it was you were hearing what was going on with George Floyd, but it was theoretical, probably because you're you're in the motherland. Um, so so as a as somebody who is who lives in the motherland, Africa, you are suffering from that pillaging. So yes. therefore, as a collective, how can you guys who are back home come in and support um the diaspora who are suffering from racism how can you go and support the diaspora when you yourselves are undergoing this pillaging or or, or rape as you call it wow okay that that's uh yeah i hadn't thought about it from that that's really good that that's a really good perspective so the interesting thing as well is that with NSAS as well and i'm not going to make light of the lecky massacre but i was watching it live on uh, d-day switch on instagram and i saw it and we were basically pinging we're pinging beyonce pinging pdd pinging everyone and it was quite interesting that all this was going on and we were reaching out to the diaspora as well so even though the Nigerians are like, we don't really understand what's going on over there, when push come to shove, you know, we were still reaching out to our cousins overseas to come and help us, as in the PDDs and the Beyonces and whoever else, Tiwa Savage and everybody else was, try, was trying to reach. So yeah. there is a need for us to really, and this is something that I have decided and Tash as well, that we are just going to focus our efforts on you know, that we are one. How do we get more connected? Because now, currently, with NSARS, there is a whole community here who is hearing the protest and hearing there's a massacre. But just like you, it's theoretical. So, you know, they're sitting here looking over there, the Nigerians, and they're hearing us traumatized, but they don't really get it. After all, it's black on black. Mm -hmm. 
So what's the problem? So very much like the Nigerians saying, ah, you're already in America, you're complaining. Me, I want to go to America. What's the problem? It's the same way yeah. they're also looking at, and it's how do we create that, you know, connection? So I guess let me ask Martin. So what do you think about that, Martin, that dynamic? How, it, how do the two things connect in your view? Well, that's a... Uh... That's a that's 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 uh she she's she's giving me the the look now because I'm about to to look for trouble to upset the world order. But I'll say it the way I feel. I'll just say it the way it comes. Uh, the black race, it's uh, is um, we just need to get our acts together. The people over there, when you were asking her about how she was feeling. I was just looking at her, and I would. I just remember the days I would go to the library school then, and go to the American history section and read about how blacks were treated in America, what brought us down from. Uh, I think 1613 or 1619, the first black man in Virginia in the U.S. All those things. And so I read too much. I took in a lot to the Caribbean, to everything, and deep down, I still go back to letting everybody know if I can say that, look, future forward is Africa. The way to go is just Africa. Wherever you find yourself, uh, the your, the melanin that is that you have there is actually the blessing for the world. The, uh, the, the people doing the movement, the movement in uh, America, the movement in Nigeria, NSAS, BLM, uh, Zimbabwe, South Africa, uh, Caribbean, Congo, and everything. This thing still comes back to what actually is propelling the world. For numbers, the black race is, uh, they need us to consume whatever it is everybody is producing for resources, human and everything. You know, there's the blacks, there's this imaginary ceiling that just does not allow any black man to break into the places where you have Jeff Bezos, Zuckerberg, and Co. I, I don't know why. We have the numbers. We have the the resources we have the uh so the movement in itself link them together the dots are connected and i'm not a conspiracy terrorist i don't believe in that i believe in reality what we can do and uh, it's huge blm was at the time you know when it's the time for an idea there's nothing you can do it will just it will just happen the same way Nigeria is waking up and shaking the all of Africa. Someone in Uganda jokingly, you know, it's a, it's a social media generation, said, no, I don't think it was a joke. I said, look, whatever you guys are doing in Nigeria, please hold the thoughts. Continue. Because right now, the police are in Uganda and in Kenya and whatever. Now treat us well. Then there was so much noise about Congo. Remember, it was just one rope that you pulled with Black Lives Matters and everyone is saying it then we can link it with uh, NSAS and end police brutality, end injustice, whatever you want to coin it, all forms of injustice, anything. But it started, whether we like it or not, from where you have so much noise, which is America. And I would like to be corrected. Uh, what you see in America is way, way mild compared to what goes on in other places. I don't want to scare uh, anti touchdown. So, but what goes on in other places, all over where you have black people, Africa is deeper. 
from uh, our resources from uh, Nigeria has a lot. Congo Congo has a lot. Congo can, has a, the phones that we have, whether it is true or not, uranium, mention what have you, whatever it is you want to say, future forward is Africa. How do we break destiny? We have the numbers, we have the, it's so huge. I don't so, want to go to Francophone where, yes. I, I'll, I'll, I'll try and I won't make it too, too huge, so I won't lose, I won't lose focus. I will, I'll just mention the case of uh, uh, Francophone Africa where most of their money still goes to France. France controls their central bank. You are the one making the money. You are the one laboring. Because this thing about wealth and wealth transfer, whatever you have there in the UK and everywhere was the labor of our people. I read too much history. And when you have, uh, you, have um, you are, you are miles ahead because of what you've gotten from me. You pillaged me enough to have so much. And remember, let's use gold as a standard. You have, let's say, 2,000 bars of gold that you took from us forcefully or through slave labor or through the sugarcane plantation in the Caribbean and whatever you want to put it. You have something to move. You have the same money. You come to give it back to me. I, I borrow the money and give you more interest. You keep getting economic power over me. It's long. It's so Martins, deep. Martins. Stretched. So question. Well, I, I, one more line. Okay, go on. Okay. So, so BLM is needed. BLM is what we are using. BLM Black Lives Matters is actually what we need to sustain for every other person to, you know, connect to and let the uh, the black man uh, wake up, wake Li up and wake up. Yeah, liberate. I think um, a woman said it about liberation earlier on. So you are aware of this. So you are awake, right? Let's just use a woke, as we'll say, anyway. So you are awake, right? And a whole bunch of youth are awake. But how there's still, like you said, there's 200 million people in Nigeria. How awake is everyone one? I think, I think we can safely say as a result of answers, the average Nigerian has woken up to is enough is enough. We're not taking this oppression anymore. So at least that's a good start. But how is the average, how are we going to get the average Nigerian or average black person to awake to a more connected, we are all George Floyd? How is that? How are we going to link the waking up together? How are we going to link it to Zimbabwe, to South Africa, to Congo, Francophone Africa? How is that all going to happen? Or is it okay. happening? Um, the, the troubles that we have did happen over a decade, over a generation. The solution also needs to, we have to be strategic. If I'm just, I'm just saying mine now, we have to be strategic. We need to just uh, uh, have a Without knowing, without saying it's like, uh, uh, I think it was Benjamin Disraeli, uh, UK Prime Minister 1884, where they were just cutting everyone to pieces. It's just like, what are we going to do? How do we want to make this small island called UK to be the first or just be ahead of everyone? The same way for Africa. We can't just uh, start, but we're in the right direction. We are waking up. We are saying it. Okay. So we need to at least start by knowing what is our what our heritage is, which is black and proud. Just wake up. I'm not uh, a second citizen anywhere I find myself. Yeah. So the generations coming after us should know that you, and Tash, the Keno, the Toy, your own little way you've done it, we after you are trying what we can do. Our children coming behind us will continue to uh, break the ceiling and keep raising the bar like we would not take this. But we need to actually communicate. Now, the part of communication is key. We need to keep it. It's, it's systemic, but we need to make sure we maintain 
the steam uh, the also is raised doing the the wonderful man the from from us that you interviewed is doing a wonderful job in his little corner i am doing my i can do i'm doing here so we don't have it's like it's like um it's like a it's like a different uh connections that you can't really pull one out and break you break this one another one comes up like the head of, uh, of the hydra so we keep pushing but we need to continue to push this narrative that africa can actually or the black man can actually be on top of the world. I'm not saying we are going for world domination, but at least let's just have equality. equality. Let's yeah, have uh, yeah. fairness. Yeah. Let yeah. me be able. You, you, uh, I have listened. I, you know, when you started this interview, that song that I started with, ah, I was already dancing because I, I would just go to your podcast and listen to that wonderful <laughs> intro. I'm not the feminist, mind you, please. But I just like, you know, that intro. Has, ah, it's a start, you know. In our little way, we need to just, just keep the narrative going. Tell our children, Tell them that you can do the best. Continue on to we have our own uh, Facebook if there's anything like that. Or we have our own iPhone. Africa is giving them most of the things they use for these phones for crying out loud. Mm. Until we get it. If we don't have economic power, we will continue to play second field. Mm. Okay. All right. Okay. So we're, 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 we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna end with a um a woman. Let's uh, let's end with you. Let's end with uh, a a young mommy's voice. Martin has given us a hard message. How would you like to wrap us up? So, I would I would still ride on what he just said as as a mother to the next generation upcoming. It's important that we teach them that black pride. Let them know I'm black, I'm proud. And they grew up with that mindset, with that mentality, with that. If if you if you look back at, I would say maybe your generation and then part of mine, even this young phone pressing generation of which I'm part of, you see that growing up there is the stereotype. When you look at the what the children consume via media, it subconsciously tells them that they are second place. It subconsciously pushes their blackness to inferiority. But now it is a time to let them know. They can have black Jesus. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. Um, you know what? He definitely wasn't white. That we know. Thank you. The devil is not black, and Jesus wasn't white. Thank you so much. are not white either. Exactly. Exactly right. Exactly. All right. So, so really, and that is that is with everything. If if I use my daughter for example, I tell her all the time, your Afro hair is beautiful. When you have your kinky twists done, it's lovely as it is. You don't need to have straight hair because that is not how you are created. If you want to have straight hair, have it because you really want it, not because someone has created a narrative that makes yours look inferior. So it is something we need to keep telling ourselves and we need to tell the generation coming after us. I'm black, I'm proud. On that note, 
Baby. On that note, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. That's um, we think every episode that we have is the best one, but this was amazing. Thank you so much for for sharing, for um, you know, for for giving us your your feelings and your you know your opinions on on everything. I really took took it all in and um, look after yourself. We're with you. Yeah. You know, we are one. That's a woman. Queen, I, Queen.